sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. The other day we were driving out in the car. I forget where we were going, but we passed a manger scene. I guess it was a manger scene in lights. And from the back seat, Roger piped up and said, Hey, look, it's baby God and his parents. And uh, it was pretty cute. And, uh, but today, I want us to take a moment to think about the birth of Jesus and the miracle of what it is and, and what it means that he really was a baby God. And so for the text today, we're going to turn to a kind of an unusual Christmas text. We're in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through, I had 6 through 8, but I'm going to go ahead and read through 11, so I'm sorry. That's not Debbie's fault. That's my fault. Um, and I, I hate on Christmas morning not to read the, the Christmas story from Luke, but you know what? I trust that you all have Bibles, so please go home and read the Christmas story from Luke and, uh, and make that a part of your Christmas today, too. Here's what it says in Philippians. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not re uh, regard equality with God something to be exploited, but he emptied himself taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here's what I want to focus on today. The scripture says that God himself took on human form and became nothing when he took on human likeness. The incarnation is what we celebrate at Christmas. The incarnation means taking on a body. Right, going from something that's just spiritual, without a body, to having a physical form. That's what incarnation means. And it was an act of profound humility on the part of God. I think a lot of times when we think about baby Jesus, we have this picture of a little baby lying in a manger. And we can think of it as being a little too tidy. Right? We think of Jesus there cooing quietly because, after all, the songs say it's a silent night and no crying he makes, right? There's a little bit of feedback. Hold on. Is that better? Can you hear me still? Okay, good. No crying he makes, right? Uh,. We think of a baby who never cries, never needs a diaper change, 
never causes any problems for his parents. And we think that because Jesus was God, he must have been this perfect angel of a baby. And the problem with that picture is that I don't don't think it's what the Bible teaches. Sure, Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% human. He was a baby God. Now, it can be easy once you're kind of past the baby stage of life to kind of forget a few things about having babies. We remember all the good, cozy parts, but sometimes we can kind of forget the, uh, the difficult parts. I've got three kids two years apart. At one point, I had three kids under the age of five. And, uh, which means that, that Sarah Beth and I spent about seven consecutive years of our lives with some kid in diapers, which was an experience, a prolonged experience, I should say. And if it's been a while since there was a baby in your house, maybe it's easy to forget. You see those, you know, you look at baby Bo coming down here and you just think, oh my gosh, he's so adorable. You see those eyes and those little cheeks and you're like, ah, he's, he's so great. But um, here's the thing about babies. They are helpless. These kids can't do a thing by themselves. Right? They, they can't eat by themselves. You got to keep them alive all the time. You got to just shove that food in their face and hope they consume enough of it. They can't go anywhere by themselves. You got to carry them around everywhere. They can't clean themselves. You got to be constantly vigilant about diapers. They're not smart enough to know that if they stick something huge down their throat, they're going to choke on it. You got to constantly be like, no, don't put that in your mouth. And then sometimes they can be fed, changed, and well-rested, and then still cry for no good reason at all. (coughs) Babies are a blessing. They're adorable. They're wonderful. But they are completely helpless. There's this uh, recurring sketch on SNL a few years ago that kind of did a great job of illustrating this. It was this character who was supposed to be the greatest business mind of his generation, and he's played by Beck Bennett, except he had all of the mannerisms of a baby. And so this guy is sitting here having these conversations about stock prices and money and mergers, but he's doing it all while walking around like this and uh, plopping down. He had a lunch meeting over spaghetti one time and was plopping the spaghetti on his head. He had us these business documents that he kept putting in his mouth and the people would have to take them out. And the whole time he's sitting there talking about these, these business concepts and they're, you know, they're, they're being so deferential to him because he's so smart in business, but he acted like a baby the whole time. It was pretty funny. Um, but the sketch is funny because by the time you're an adult, you're not supposed to stick papers in your mouth anymore. You're not supposed to smear spaghetti on your head. And as silly as that sketch was, I think it illuminates what our scripture is saying today. It's kind of what God did. Jesus, being in the very nature God, made himself nothing. Took the very nature of a slave and being made in human likeness, God became a baby for us. 
the omnipotent, omnipresent, ever-powerful God, omniscient God, voluntarily put himself in a body that could not walk, that couldn't feed himself. God made himself completely helpless for us. The God who with a single word spoke the universe into existence took on the body of a baby who couldn't form a single word and had to cry. The God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills took on flesh in a family that couldn't afford a place to stay. The God who rescued his people by parting the Red Sea, who brought them out of Egypt and into the promised land and took down his, his, their oppressors, needed his mom and dad to change his diaper for him. Think about the humility of that. Think about the sacrifice of that. The incarnation of God is such a miracle, not because it's difficult. Nothing is difficult for God. But it's because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for God to want to do this. If you could voluntarily skip the part of childhood where you were that helpless, wouldn't you do it? If you could voluntarily not be a completely helpless lump, wouldn't you maybe skip on to having an adult grown body? But he didn't do that. The God that has no limits voluntarily limited himself to a human baby's body. And he didn't have to do it. But he did it because he loved us so much. He suffered the humiliation of being so thoroughly helpless because of love. See, God could have stayed up in heaven on his throne looked down on us and said, oh, those crazy humans, boy, they're always getting into a scrape. They just can't help but sinning, can they? Oh, well, too bad. <laughs> I'll try again next time. He could have loved us from afar and at a distance, in arm's length, and pitied us without doing anything about it. But God was not content to love us afar. God wasn't content to pity us. Instead, he left his throne in heaven and came to earth as a human baby. He wasn't about to let us suffer the consequences of our own sin. He did what it took. He humiliated himself in the form of a baby because he wanted to be with us so that he could save us. The miracle of Christmas comes from John chapter 1. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God loved us up close. He loved us so much that he voluntarily took on the form of a dirty, smelly, clumsy human body and walked around on this earth and suffered and died for us. Nobody made him do it. Nobody twisted his arm. He did it because of how much he loved us. 
being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. My favorite Christmas song by Mile is Oh Holy Night. We sang it a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you've ever taken the time to really listen to the words of that song, but like every single word of that song is amazing. But on the, the first verse, there's a, there's a portion of it that I want us to focus on this morning. It says, Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, hear the angel voices. O oh, night divine, O oh, night when Christ was born. I love that line in that first verse where it says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining. The world was pining away for the presence of God. We were desperately waiting for God to come and do what only God could come and do. The world needed Jesus. And when he came, he came in the most humble possible way. A little baby. Born of an unwed mother in a building where they kept the livestock. That humility shows the character of God. The self-sacrificial love that characterizes Jesus. The most powerful being, the creator of everything, humbled himself for you and me. So here's my question for you today. We know from Christmas that God came to earth to be with us. We talk about Emmanuel, God with us. Are you living in the presence of Christ today? Let me ask it in another way. What are you pining for? <laughs> the song says, long lay the world in sin and error pining. Are you pining for the presence of Christ in your life? Or are you longing for something else? Something worse, something that's not going to fulfill you. See, I can only speak for myself, but I find myself pining for all kinds of stuff that won't make a lick of difference in my life, that won't fulfill me like Christ will. And when I think about how God moved heaven and earth and humiliated himself, brought himself low to be with me, and then I realize that I can't even take the time to focus on him for 10 minutes because I'm too busy, that's shameful. I've taken this good news, this wonderful gift that the God of everything desired me so much that he humiliated himself for me and I just take it for granted. So, like, it's Christmas Day today, but tomorrow the whole world's going to move on. We're going to pack up our Christmas lights, we're going to look at the new year, and we're going to be off to the races at 2023. But let's take some time and stay in Christmas for a little bit to take inventory of our hearts. What are you longing for? Knowing everything that God did just to be with you, what are you doing today to be with him? 
I don't know if you've ever experienced the presence of Jesus in life, in your life or not. I don't know if you have loved the God your whole life or if today is the first day you've ever stepped through the doors of a church. But I do know that our human hearts have a tendency to believe that we can satisfy ourselves without him. And you know that's not true. If you've never known the love of Jesus before, know today that God loved you so much that he did something about it. He came to love you close up. He brought himself low to be with you. And today, Christmas Day, is a wonderful day to bring yourself into his presence. And if you're a believer already, maybe today's a great day to ask yourself, is God's presence in your life something that you're just okay with when you have time for it? Or is it something that you're desperately longing for each and every day? Because Christmas is about the miracle that the most powerful being in the universe made himself helpless to be with you. And he's calling you today to do what it takes to be with him. Recognize your priorities. Rearrange some stuff around. Say no to some stuff if you've got to say no to it. But say yes to God. Because he loves you so much. He moved heaven and earth to be with you. He put his pride down to be with you. So do what it takes today to prioritize his presence in your life so that you can be with him. Let's start pining for God. Let's pray. Jesus, today, the miracle of Christmas looms large in our hearts. The miracle that you came here for us. God, you just, I'm just so struck by the fact that you didn't have to do it. You could have just stayed up in heaven on your throne without getting your hands dirty. And it still would have been more than we deserved. But you, you came and you took on the form of a little helpless baby and you loved us up close as one of us. God, help us not to scorn this gift, but to reciprocate in thanksgiving and dedication to you. I pray that you will help us to, to be with you in a new way this Christmas. In your name I pray, amen.